What if I told you that I need you to be imperfect? I need you to be imperfect. That's right. You will realize that the more imperfect you are, the more successful you will be. Welcome to the Life Athletes Podcast, where those who succeed in the gymnasium of life share their stories, experiences, and strategies for personal growth and development. Remember, it's never a good time to take a vacation on your development. So let's start now with your host, Alejandro. Today, I want to share some content from a book titled Procrastinate on Purpose. It's by New York Times bestselling author Rory Vaden, spelled V-A-D-E-N, Rory Vaden. Now, at the top, I mentioned being imperfect. I'm referring to being imperfect with tasks because you're no longer doing them. In the book, Rory provides a very good question that we should all ask ourselves. I thought it was great. And that question is, does what I'm doing right now require my unique skill set? Or is it possible that there are other people capable of doing this? The primary goal that we're trying to accomplish by asking this question is finding ways to multiply our time. That's what his platform is about, is multiplying time. So he refers to what he calls return on time invested or R-O-T-I, return on time invested. And this is a framework for measuring the value of time invested on something. And he provides a rule that we can use. It's called the 30 to 1 rule. And it states that if doing a task takes you five minutes, let's say, to complete, then you should plan to spend 150 minutes instructing or showing someone else how to complete the same task. So that's the 30 to one. We took five minutes, multiplied it by 30, we get 150 minutes. Let's take this one step further. If a task were to take you personally five minutes a day for 250 days in a working year, then that means you would spend 1,250 minutes per year on that task. So rather than doing that, if you decided to spend 150 minutes training someone to do that five-minute task and they instead did that task for you, then that would give you an annual savings of 1,100 minutes per year. Now, that is substantial. And I'm sure you could come up with things you can do with that time that you would be getting back. Now, for me, it took me a long time to come to the idea of delegating because I always approached it from a money-saving standpoint, pinching pennies, if you will. But Rory mentions that the rich get richer because they see things nobody else sees. I love that quote. And specifically, that is that how you spend your time matters much more than how you spend your money. This is where we are introduced to a concept that he calls the money value of time. The money value of time, which makes us aware that there is always a cost in participating in any activity. The way to look at this is all of us, if we earn an income, have some hourly wage. Just take whatever you make a year, your annual income, and then divide it by the number of hours that you work in, in the given year, and then you'll come up with your hourly rate of pay. 
So for example, if you make, let's make an easy number, $100,000 a year, and you work 48 50-hour weeks, 48 weeks a year, 50 hours a week, your hourly wage is around $42 an hour, $42 an hour. So waiting in line for morning coffee has a cost. The time you spend folding laundry or mowing the lawn, that has a cost. Being on hold for a customer service agent, that has a cost. When you realize this, you begin to understand that the more successful the person, the more intentional and protective they seem to be about their time. I don't know if you've encountered that, but I know I have. They have an understanding that you are always paying someone to complete a task. You're either paying someone else at their rate of pay or you're paying yourself at yours. So when you say that you can't afford to pay someone to do the thing that you're doing, what you may not realize is that you already are. You're paying you. That's the paradigm shift. That's what I had to break and continue to work on. We think we're saving money, but if you break down that hourly wage, maybe there are some tasks that you're working for five bucks an hour or even less. Now, in spite of understanding that delegating tasks creates more time for you over the long haul, and that if you hire someone to do a task for less than the value of your own time, then it's probably clear that the real reason why most of us don't delegate more often is that we're not giving ourselves the permission to be imperfect. It gets back to what I mentioned earlier. We have to let go of perfectionism. That is the real core issue that stops us from delegating. The first thing the author here, Rory, advises us to do is to give ourselves permission to do that, to be imperfect. If you lead a team, this is what you should be focusing on. Delegating tasks to your team are one of the primary ways that they will develop in their roles. If you're a leader and a manager, part of your role, part of your job is to develop your employees. They get the opportunity to do those tasks and to learn from their mistakes. And this is where many leaders fail to realize that they need to stop being a, a super worker and become a supervisor. That's one of the hardest things to understand when you change roles from what we call an individual contributor to a leader is to stop the doing and to begin the delegating. Now, the reluctance to adapt to this new mindset comes from a limiting belief that many people have, and that is to think that no one can do a job or a task as well as you can. Here's the, here's the rub. That may be only true for a short period of time in some cases. There are some people who will do that job and approach it very differently than you do, and they may even do it better than you. There are situations where they may not, but this is where we determine, remember we talked about being perfect. If someone does the job, let's say at 80% of the way that you did it, they reached 80%. If that's acceptable, then guess what? That's a successful delegation. 
But the other opportunity is that other people may come in, they'll learn that task, they'll become specialists, and they may even surpass the standard that you previously set. So where are the areas of your life where you could start delegating? Stop right now, write down a list of things that you may be doing where you are being seriously underpaid or maybe other things where you do pay maybe even more than what you would earn because this is a special skill that would take you a long time to learn and maybe you delegate that as well. There are many opportunities that we can do here that we can try, but take the time, reflect, and remember, it's okay to be imperfect. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. I really appreciate it. What would help us a lot is if you took the time, if you're listening on iTunes or Stitcher, whatever platform, subscribe, but also write a review. That helps us to show up in more searches, but also it helps us in providing this kind of content on a regular basis. As always, best wishes and blessings to you.